Uh, no, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm, I, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. I talked over you. No, no, please. You can. You continue. And Episode 90 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And uh, I don't know why I'm so excited about 90. I think because it's like a, it's a nice round number and it's it's getting close to 100. And, uh, you know, 100 is, is kind of a milestone. So I'm looking forward to that. I have no idea what we're going to do for it yet. But I, I, I am looking forward to that, but not too far forward because I would not want to overlook what we have on tap for this 90th episode of the podcast. And I would be remiss were I not to check in with the person who's helped me get this far. Of course, James, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, thanks. And spoken like a true goalie where you take each podcast or game very seriously and focus on it. So well done, sir. I also think 90 sounds like a very fast podcast. I, I know there's no correlation between episode number and speed, but, you know, it just it sounds it sounds fast. So, you know, this is going to be a, a nice and 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 speedy podcast, which is not to say it's necessarily going to be a short podcast because we've just started recording it. I have no idea how long it's going to be. But, you know, you, listener, have an advantage over James and myself. You know how long this podcast is. You can just look down at that little slider and see how many minutes are left. But for James and I, it's a complete mystery. It's like uh, you have information that we do not possess. So in that regard, you are wiser than we. Absolutely. But uh, how are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, I'm okay. I, 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 I'm okay. (laughs) Um, I played hockey again this past weekend, and I think we'll get a little more into it in the first segment with the way things shook out, but I'm okay. I I think, I think I'm going to stop saying that, but that's pretty much the situation. How are you? I'm all right. Just curious. Were you able to catch the outdoor game, the uh, Coors Light Outdoor NHL stadium game on Saturday night? I was not. I honestly forgot all about it. I heard there was a power outage during the game. Yeah, there was actually. But uh, other than that, it was really phenomenal. It it looked great. And it was held at the uh, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Mm -hmm. And uh, the coolest thing about that was a huge football stadium and just looks cool having the ice out there and the the NHL rink in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. But on the rest of the field, they made it look like the rink was on an aircraft carrier the way that they put it out oh it's awesome uh, yeah it was really awesome how they laid down the effects of it looking like it was on an aircraft carrier mm-hmm. because i mean that just would have been fantastic had they really done that but <laughs> yeah uh, you know i'm a big fan of our navy and marines and all of that course. and as you are as well the american rhino so i thought that was a nice touch and, and one other cool thing about it too is uh, vice admiral walter carter mm-hmm. of our illustrious navy is a huge hockey fan. He actually was a member of the Navy team, the ice hockey team. He still plays pickup ice hockey. Mm-hmm. 
But the coolest thing of all is uh, if you're familiar with our uh, very brave jet fighters and, and pilots is they all have nicknames. His nickname was Slapshot. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know, as cool as that would have been to have an aircraft carrier in the stadium for them to play on deck of, it might have been a little difficult for them to haul the Intrepid into the, the stadium and, you know, keep it propped up and in good condition. So that's, I, I understand why they didn't, but, you know. You know, the Roman Coliseum was built for naval demonstrations. So uh, maybe they can have the next one there. I don't know if it's still watertight, but I'm sure they could arrange something. Funny you should say that because they did just finish a huge renovation of, if you will, of the uh, Colosseum in Rome, of course. Mm -hmm. And I do think that they found, well, at least they discovered that the aqueducts where they used to fill the mm -hmm. arena with water exactly to do naval battles, unbelievable, thousands of years ago that they probably could do it, so you never know. I know that the Coliseum in Nassau was also recently renovated. Do you think that they're equipped for that? I don't know. I mean, a little bit different. You're talking about history in the making. I mean, the, the, the Roman Coliseum, to me, especially being Catholic, I mean, the, the, it's fascinating for the good and the bad. But I don't think, yeah, I don't think that the new one, the newer one in Long Island could hold uh, a candle to the original. But... You never, uh, I'm sure they did a good enough job to renovate it, but I don't know. Obviously, they lost the Islanders, so they didn't do something right. Fewer lions, that's got to be a plus. That's absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, Fewer seats, too. I mean, they don't, you know, they don't have the Islanders anymore, so they're probably looking for things, events to fill that space with. So maybe they should consider mock naval battles or real ones. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the political landscape is like on Long Island, so I, I couldn't. I couldn't say. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll leave that to our uh, expert Islander fans, like Superfan Anthony and mm -hmm. and Patrick and those guys. So I don't want to overstep my bounds. Good, good, good idea. Great idea. Yeah. Capital <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a Ranger fan, I'm used to power outages during a hockey game, but um. The, <laughs> It must have been a bit disconcerting when all the lights went off in the middle of the game. How did they handle that? Yeah, I was actually at a friend's birthday party, so the game was on in the background. I thought that it looked like they, after the 10-minute mark in the third period, that mm -hmm. they were just going to switch sides like they usually do for outdoor games. Of like, course, yep. Yeah, the Rangers and Buffalo Sabres did. So from what I could tell, again, the sound was off too. It looked like it coincided with the 10-minute mark. I don't know, but... It didn't look like it was much of a delay, and I don't think it was a big, big distraction. But again, I wasn't watching the game focused totally on it. So from what I saw, it looked like it was handled as well as possible, and it wasn't a big deal. All right. That's, that's fortunate, because if it was during play, let's say if someone was teeing up for a shot and the lights went out, I think that would be a, a pretty ideal time to score a goal on a goalie who can't see the puck. So, it's a, talk about a screen. So, uh, you know, as long as you remember where the net is, that, that I, I would think that that circumstance would greatly improve your chances of scoring. And think well, about how cool that red light would be just spinning around in the complete pitch darkness. You know what? We, we did bring up this conversation, well, a little bit of the conversation on a previous podcast about our uh, deck hockey teams that we drafted for. Well, right? the American Rhino with the Queen's Crash drafted Batman. So if anybody could score a goal in the dark and put the lights out and then get the red light going, it's Batman. So well done. That's sir. true. And speaking of red lights and previous podcasts, 
apropos of nothing, I was watching an interview, I think it was today, I was watching an interview where Patrick Stewart was talking about the time that he met Sting on the set of Dune, which they were both in. Oh, and, wow. And uh, he was talking about how... <laughs> how you know embarrassed he is in retrospect but at the time he really didn't follow contemporary music at all and he had no idea who sting was so he met him and he's like oh i hear you're a musician because the the crew of the movie the cast and crew were all a titter when sting showed up to the set so he's like oh i hear you're a musician yeah but, you know what instrument do you play he's like oh i i, I play bass He's like, oh, you know, I've always wondered how 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 incredible it must be for people to have to lug around that giant upright bass from place to place. And it's this remarkable thing. He's like, no, I I, I play guitar, actually. Oh, that's nice, too. That's good. <laughs> and he said, are you a solo artist? He said, no, I play in a band. He's like, oh, what band do you play in? He said, oh, I play with the police. And Patrick Stewart says, oh, you're in a police band. That's nice. <laughs> oh, wow. So I would encourage, you know, Patrick Stewart from 20, 30 years ago, whatever it is, to listen to last week's podcast. <laughs> and then I think he'll have an idea, a better idea of who Sting actually is. And a countryman, too. That's that's astounding. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess it's good to uh, be humbled every once in a while, even when you're as huge as Sting. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I was in the vicinity of Sting, uh, you know, during that meeting and somebody that I was with said something so ignorant, so uh, uninformed to the man himself, I would probably say to that person, don't stand so close to me. <laughs> Well done, sir. Because <laughs> I, I don't want to be associated with, with somebody who doesn't know who Sting is. Yeah, come on. And uh, I mean, after all, the police, as you know, and, and the, the songs that you were rattling off last edition were, were astounding. And even with the updates for the podcast, but they played Shea Stadium. So you play Shea Stadium where the Beatles played and where the Pope showed up. And oh, yeah, the New York Mets won a couple of World Series there. Uh, that's saying a lot. So that 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 was hallowed ground on on quite a few ways. Yeah. So good stuff. Mm -hmm. The, the WWF ran a big show there as well. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, I think Hulk Hogan was there. Andre, I think I don't know. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. I obviously wasn't there, but I know of it. I know at the time it was a big deal. Cool, man. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but no more. I, I think that I'm done with Sting for this and 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 most other podcasts so you don't have to worry about me going off on another run but uh so only if you manage to get him to follow hillary knight around <laughs> then then you have to hillary knight speaking of coincidentally hillary knight was on saturday night live last week oh cool yeah she was she was on weekend update she appeared as herself <laughs> leslie jones was talking about how great the olympics was and she was talking about how much she loved hockey and why didn't anybody ever tell her about hockey? Hockey is amazing. And uh, so one of the um, Colin Jost, I believe, said, oh, you know, I used to play hockey a little bit. I could teach you some things. She's like, no, I got a friend who could teach me some things. And then she brought out Hillary Knight and it was it was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. As a matter of fact, speaking of, of both and the uh, NHL Coors Light outside stadium series games mm -hmm. is that the uh, championship women 
Mm-hmm. The 2018 Golden Girls uh, were there, and they honored them. And so were the uh, one of the coolest ways I ever saw the puck being delivered to center ice was the uh, curling team, the gold medal winning men's curling team put the puck on the rock or whatever you call the thing. And they put it right there on the center ice, right under the red dot perfectly. So uh, yeah, th- that was really awesome to see all that gold and Olympic champions wrapped up. It was just like, I mean, that's the American Rhino's dream, hockey and patriotism and fantastic. Yeah. You actually posted that clip on our Facebook page. That was pretty cool to see. So if you have missed that somehow, go check out our Facebook page uh, at Hit the deck on Facebook and, and, see how that puck was delivered right on the button to uh, center ice for, for the ceremonial puck drop. So, you know, it's Olympians all the way down. Yeah, that, that's impressive. Yeah, good, good job. We've been yammering for a little while. Should we introduce ourselves? Yes. All right. Well, in that case, why don't we jump right into tonight's starting lineup? And for tonight's starting lineup in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my informed co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Yes, sir. And so I am looking at this here paper that's in front of me that's, you know, spoiler, that's telling us what's coming up for the podcast. And uh, it looks like we've got a whole bunch of actual deck hockey stuff to talk about. So um, what say we talk about that stuff, James? Yes, sir. All right. Well, then, would you be so kind as to tell us what is on deck for this podcast? I will, but I'm apologizing right now because it's not going to be anywhere near as awesome as the last editions uh, on deck was. So excellent job, American Rhino, with that. But I'll do my best nonetheless. Well, I'm sorry. If, if every day was Christmas, then it wouldn't be nearly so special. So just keep that in mind. Fair enough. Goalie mentality. Forget about NHL.com has a great feature called Unmasked that gives the spotlight to the most important player on the deck or ice, the goalie. A fascinating article by Kevin Woodley gives us a peek into a tender's mind after a goal is scored on his team. A deck of a healing. Deck hockey is great for many reasons, and the American Rhino and I have a prime example to share with you. And four check deck, a tournament with heart for the brain. On the Canadian side of Niagara, The Play for Memories tournament will be held on Saturday, March 24th. Gary and I have all the details of this incredible event for you. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. All right. Well, this first topic is not deck specific, but I assure you that it applies to we deck tenders as well. So, you know, you can you can apply it generally, I guess. And it's, it's all purpose. You know, it, it, it's it's general purpose, broad coverage. I'm 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 rotating my arms for some reason and uh, I'm kind of rambling here. We, we should just get into the point. I'm still rotating my arms. I don't know why. I'll stop that now. Because like a great goalie, you never give up on the play. Wax on, wax off, apparently. There you go. But uh yeah, before we get into the gist of it, uh, without revealing any secrets of your own, uh, do you have anything that you do to refocus, especially when your teammates are the ones responsible for coughing up a goal, American Rhino? Well, we've talked about this on the podcast before. I I take responsibility for every goal. Now, granted, some goals, there are factors out of my control which contribute to the goal more than others. 
And in those instances, which is what you're referring to, I think, if anything, those are the easier ones to get past because you, you know, at least on some level, no, nobody likes to give up a goal ever. But as a goaltender, you know, you played it correctly and you did everything you could. And the goal was there was, you know, obviously you would prefer to stop it and you think you should have stopped it. But, you know, in your heart of hearts that it wasn't entirely your fault that that goal was given up. So at least in my experience, those are easier to move past. You know, those those are just <sighs> all right, here we go. Let's let's get it back. You know, uh, let's let's hold the line. The, the the ones that really kill you are the ones that you should have stopped or as happened to me this this past uh, weekend. Well, let me let me paint you a picture here. So I've <sighs> going back a couple weeks, I've had a rough stretch lately. We we usually try and play in the LIQ we try and play three or four games uh, on a day. The you know we we meet once a week on the weekend, usually Saturday or Sunday in the morning, and we play three six minute periods for a game, and so we can get in a few games. It, you know, if we're there for a few hours, we can get in a few games, and it, you know it makes the day feel worthwhile. So the last two weeks, I played three games each week. So the week before last, I played three games and I lost three games by large margins. And this, well, actually, maybe they're not all large margins. I don't remember the scores the, the first, the, the last week. I just remember the losses. And this past weekend, my team was able to squeak out a win for me in the third game. But, you know, at that point, I had lost five in a row. So when you have lost a lot of games and given up a lot of goals, it gets harder to get over goals because, you know, I think even if you give up a bad goal or a tough goal in a, in a tight spot, if it's just like a goal, you can get past it. If it's, if, if it's like the floodgates have opened, it becomes a lot harder to get over it because then you start to get in your own head like, I can't play this position very well anymore. What am I even doing here? Like, it's hard. You know, it, it, it's tough. So the first game we played this past weekend, I was playing against a very good team. And I believe the score at that point was tied going into the last... Uh, it was either tied or we were down two to one. I don't. I don't recall going into uh, the the last minute of the period. So I wound up down to. I made a save and I wound up down on the ground, and I didn't have time to get up and reset myself. And I just kept. I I was facing like a barrage. I honestly I was rolling around the crease and flopping around like a fish. I think I I kind of desperately dove from one side to the other a couple times and I made four or five saves at that point but there was one that I I pretty sure I was laying flat on my back and the puck popped up like right over me and I I juggled it a little bit with my glove but I couldn't close the glove on it and it bounced off of me and rolled into the net behind me and th that there were 10 seconds left in the period at that point and I just 
uh, that that thing wrecked me. You know, I was devastated. And I wound up giving up, I think, seven goals that game. So I don't think I ever was able to shake that one off entirely because, you know, you make so many saves and you, you, you feel like you're, you're doing everything you possibly can. And then, you know, you're just you're not perfect. You're, you're just not able to make that last save because those are the as much as as much as the ones that that beat you clean from far out that you feel like you should have stopped as much as those hurt. The ones that really hurt are the ones where you make the initial save and maybe you make a great save, but a rebound pops out and somebody tucks it in because it's like, oh, all that for nothing, you know, and those are the ones that gut you. So those are the ones that are really hard to recover from. But I'll tell you what, uh, when I've had a particularly bad period, I'll tell you how I, I, I sometimes try to deal with it. If, if I've had a bad period, what I will sometimes do is... I won't take off any of my gear during the intermission. I'll just go and stand in my crease and if possible, stare down the puck for the duration of intermission to try and refocus myself. And, you know, I'll maybe jump around a little bit right before the period starts. And uh, as, as I've discussed with you, sometimes I, I like to get my mask smacked to try and wake me up. But really, it's, it's just kind of snapping you back into the moment. That's what you try to do, or at least that's what I try to do to get myself back to a place where I feel like, okay, let it go. You know, what's done is done and I'm not giving up anymore. That's, that's the mantra. You know, I'm not giving up anymore. Hopefully my team can, can, you know, pick me up. That's, that's what you want as a goalie. In terms of individual goals, I don't really have much of a ritual for, for what I do. Fortunately with the way we play in the LIQ, which is the, way I play most often we don't really have a lot of time between a goal scored and the face-off we we pretty much just kind of kick the puck back out to center and face it off as quickly as as we can as is you know reasonable so I don't have to face what NHL goalies have to face which is you know like sometimes a a goal celebration and a song and like a a bunch of replays up on the jumbotron and all that so i don't have that long amount of time i just kind of usually again unless it's that like avalanche of of goals or if it's one particularly devastating goal i i really just get up and and don't even think about it i just get up and and we keep going because I guess ignoring it is the best way to to uh, try and deal with it because I I try and get right back into that mindset of okay stop everything I try not to dwell on it but sometimes that's not really uh, possible or or you know it's not really uh, reasonable to expect um, so that's a very long winded answer to uh, a very simple question. I, it was an honest answer and an in-depth answer, so that's good for the goalies out there or anyone interested in, in becoming a goalie. That is very in-depth and quality answer, quite frankly. And I thank you for uh, bailing out and being such a good teammate because I apologize to you on air here, and, and I apologize hopefully on, on the ice and, or on the deck, and hopefully I never make these mistakes again. But I'm guilty of defensive sins that cost us goals and games such as turnovers in our zone, deflecting a pass, deflecting a shot in, screening my own goalie, which is usually the American Rhino, or leaving a man wide open, or not keeping the puck in the other team's zone in a, for a long enough time. 
and just getting plain burned. So that's on, for my case, I'm a defenseman, so that's on me. And two things about that is one, yeah, it's horrible to leave your friend and teammate hanging out to dry like that. And two, as if people were watching our uh, Facebook live feed a few weeks ago, where we broadcast a few of our games, LIQ games, there was an instance when I gave up, I don't know how many shots on goal in a matter of a few minutes. And there was even a a play where I poke checked the puck and, and had control of it, but the opposing player still got the shot off and scored on me and on us. And uh, so that was all my fault. But with that, I just, we had line changes at the time. So I just got off the deck and uh, had to regroup. As a goalie, you have to stay there. You have to stay in the crease. Unless, of course, in the NHL, if you're really having a bad day, that they'll have the backup come out. But in our case, there is no backup to, to come out for you. So you have to deal with it. And that makes it that much harder. And as you said, too, you don't have much time to regroup because it's a smaller surface. And exactly, we have a six-minute time period to deal with. And bang, you're right back at it. So if you're stunned by it or if you didn't know what happened or whatever the case is, that's really difficult to to stand there and, and stay there as opposed to other players that can just run off the deck, regroup that way, refocus, and then try and figure out what to do better and go on from there. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And it's a valid point. But... Honestly, I, I, I'm not prepared to speak for every goalie, but for myself, you know, every player makes, you know, defensive mistakes or, or has blown coverage or, you know, has a, a puck deflect off of him or her or whatever. It's it, it's just part of the game. And, you know, it, it stinks. And as a goalie, I sit there and I just shake my head sometimes. Like I, w- I had a, a, a couple last a couple weeks ago, I think it was a couple weeks ago this was, I had a play where the puck was kind of shot in and I I went down. I re- I don't know if I, it was coming in along the ground from, from a distance, but at speed. And I think, I, I don't remember if I laid out fully or just kind of got down uh, pretty low, but I was reaching out to, to poke the puck away or to grab it. I don't remember which. And a few feet in front of me, it hit like a pebble and bounced up and over me and into the goal. And at that point, again, you just you shake your head like, screw it. Let's go. Let's get it back. You know, it's there's nothing you can do about that stuff. You can't like maybe it maybe if it happens over and over again or if you get a bat, a string of like it's it's deflection after like, you know, oh, it's if if it's like a giveaway right in front of the net, followed by you know a puck that's deflected by a teammate, followed by a puck that you know is just like shot and hits off somebody's back and goes in or something like, that. yeah, I could see getting frustrated at that point. But really, this stuff is a part of the game, and it, you know you just have to accept that that happens sometimes, and it evens out. You know. It's, the goalie on the other end is facing the same stuff. Maybe not in that game, but I guarantee you it's going to even out. The The goalie on the other side of the ice or on the other side of the deck is going to face the same kind of challenges and the same kind of bonehead plays and bad luck because hockey is a funny game. You know, the, the puck bounces funny ways sometimes and there's nothing you can do about it. That's just, that's hockey. And it's it's part of why we love it and why we hate it sometimes. It's 
that's just it. So you can't kill yourself for a defensive lapse or a deflection or whatever. You know, the goalie is not going to kill you for that. Speaking of evening out, how about the opposite, the, the positive stuff? How do you stay focused after making an incredible save, for example? Uh, well, I guess it depends on the situation. I would say if it's, you know, a big, big situation, you make a great save. For me, I, I try not to get too worked up about it because you're only as good as your last save or your next save. You're only as good as your next save. So, you know, you can, again, this is just, this is the same thing that I was going back, what I was talking about before uh, with being frustrated and being gut wrenching, you know, you can, you can make that great save and then somebody can, you know, get the rebound and tuck it in. You're completely out of position because you made that great save. You know, you can't get too high on that. If it's something you have time to savor, maybe you do that a little bit in your own mind, but part of it is act like you've been there. And part of it is the game can change like that. So don't get too wrapped up in a save. I, I don't, you know, if I make a big save, I'm happy with myself, but I don't, I don't, I try not to get too carried away with that because, you know, there's whether, whether I gave up a goal or whether I make a great save, my philosophy is usually there's still plenty of game left. So I try not to get too high or too low unless there's not plenty of game left, in which case I will probably, uh, you know, uh, I will be scrambling because that's what happens. And that's another thing. If if you make one great save, great. If if I, I, I again, I, I speak only for myself. If I make a series of saves, you know, on, a, on like a barrage and and it's ultimately cleared, then I'm not doing much celebrating. I'm I'm at that point. I'm tired and I'm just trying to reset myself into position for the next one. You know, I don't like. As a goalie, you can't afford to take victory laps, not during the game, because that's you're only doing yourself a disservice. Like, I'll give you a perfect example, not not for great saves, but just for like if I'm having a good day and if we're having fun, you know, we're all you know, James, we're all friends for the most part. When we play together in the LIQ, we play pickup games, which means that, you know, you'll find yourself with a different group of teammates any given week. So, you know, you're friendly with, with most, if not all of the guys there. So occasionally, you know, we're having fun. I know I can get a little slap happy, especially as the game goes on. And if I get too casual, sometimes I'll start singing and that generally doesn't work out well for me. So any break in concentration is, is a, is bad for a goalie because as I said before, hockey is, a game where you just you can't afford to take any time off. You can't afford to enjoy your. I mean, you should enjoy yourself. Otherwise, you shouldn't be playing. But you can't afford to, you know, pat yourself on the back or take that victory lap or just take your eye off the ball, literally and figuratively, for any stretch of time because things will change in a hurry and and not for the good. Which brings us into this great article by Kevin Woodley. And he starts off with uh, Brayden Holtby, the goalie for the Washington Capitals. And he has a pretty interesting method once he gives up a goal. You tell. And uh, yeah, okay. Uh, 
I was going to ask you to go through this because I you're think the I've talked plenty. All right. I'll, uh, all right. But um, I've been it, talking it, for most of half an hour. So please feel free, James. All right. Well, all right. This is uh, this is your realm. But anyway, Mr. Holtby does something pretty interesting, which I could probably take a page from too to refocus is that when he gives up a goal, obviously he's upset, not happy about it. But something that he learned from when he was a, a young man was that he was taught to get his mental focus back by spraying a water bottle in the air, you know, the goalie's water bottle, yeah. and then focusing on a droplet from the water bottle as it goes through the air and then hits the ice. Is that something you think you would need to do? Is is That's pretty interesting, especially to, as a goalie, as you said, you need to keep your eye on the ball. And deck hockey, that's exactly right. So is that something that could kind of help you pinpoint being that laser focused on tracking the puck or something like that? Um... I mean, I've never tried it. Honestly, I wouldn't want to waste the water because I get pretty thirsty and I sweat a lot during these games. So uh, I don't think I'd want to just squirt some water out just to see it fall. But I think I suspect that ritual is less about getting yourself in the mindset of tracking one specific thing and more in the mindset of being able to tune everything else out and just focus, not not focus specifically on the puck or or you know what have you but just be able to to focus on a singular thing to to clear your head of all other you know nonsense that's associated with second guessing yourself after giving up a goal it's it's not necessarily something that i would try but i can see a certain amount of value in it i i don't usually need to do something like that to refocus myself but I certainly don't take anything away from him for for doing that. You know, goalie is a very passionate position. Ask any goalie who has lost a game, uh, you know, a, a particularly gut wrenching game, which is pretty much any goalie. So uh, they'll they'll tell you they'll tell you how that feels. And you know, it, it's whatever you need to do. That's if 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 he needs to squirt some water and follow a droplet of it to the ice, then. You know, good for him. Let him do that. That's that's his thing. And if that can help some other people, then good. You know, I, I have nothing against it. It's it's not something that I see myself doing, but I I I don't find any fault with it either. Okay, yeah, fair enough. That that's cool. Again, that's that's the point of this article too, is everybody has his own little way of refocusing, his or her way of refocusing, and some guys or girls don't even do anything to refocus, just move on. As I don't want to mispronounce this gentleman's last name, but there's a goalie coach, I believe Marco, M-A-R-C-O-U-X. He's a contributor for NHL.com now, but he came up with the five R's of resetting after a goal, which are release, relax, review, regroup, and refocus. And uh, exactly, just giving yourself a couple of seconds, I guess, to do that. If uh, it's spraying water in your face or, or spraying a water bottle in the air and then focusing on a droplet to each his own. The important thing is just that you get back in the game and you're ready to go. I think for, and I feel like I'm being kind of uh, self-centered here by bringing the conversation back to me all the time. But I think for myself, uh, if I'm looking at what I do kind of objectively, I think if I do have any kind of ritual, it's kind of right before the puck drops. Sometimes I will take a deep breath. I'll I'll do a deep inhale. I will do a quick, hard exhale, like a, and bang my stick and drop into my crouch. And 
you know, like bring up my my catching glove. It's like, okay, here we go, bring it on, kind of uh, thing. So, yeah, if, if I have a ritual, it's something like that. Okay, yeah, that's great. Uh, as a matter of fact, Chad Johnson, backup goalie for the Sabers, I believe he's the same goalie that started in the uh, Rangers game at City Field, Rangers Buffalo Sabers game on New Year's Day. But uh, he, as you were saying before, does something similar. It's kind of like because uh, he does meditation, as a matter of fact. So what he says is he's really focused on breathing in and then exhale and release any kind of negativity. And that works for him. So that, that seems to be a good uh, method as well for you're not wasting water and you're doing something that just for yourself, okay, reset, like they say, you move on the five R's and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, the goal was scored. That was that. If there's no review or anything, you, you just got to go on and, and go from there. Of course, if it's a game ending goal, that's a whole different situation. But if you have any kind of control over anything, that's a good method to do, too. As you said, just kind of exhale, get on board and, and, you know, fight back. Yeah. I mean, if it's a game ending goal, then there's a good chance you're going to want to go off the uh, the ice or the deck in our case and get away from people and just either start banging your equipment against things or just kind of sit in a pile of your own self-pity for a while. You know, either is an option that I have I've taken on occasion and neither is fun. But yeah, after that last goal of the game, you know, you don't need to refocus yourself. You just need to you just need to get away and, and deal with what you're feeling. Yeah. And Blackhawks goalie Jeff Glass does something like that, too, where he it's physical for him. So just like you said, he stands up tall, pushes out his chest, you know, in a good, strong posture, takes a couple of deep breaths and resets. It's again, that's something that you actually have control of. And posture and body language is pretty important. If you are always looking down, for example, people are going to think that you're weak and can be just trod upon. But if you're standing up straight and your chest is out and you're feeling good about yourself and confident, that is the posture to have. And yeah, you're a goalie, you're in your crouch, that's your goal, and no one's going to get that puck past you. So that, that's a good, another interesting method that uh, goaltenders can use. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen this commercial, James. It's been on for a while, not a long time, but I don't know, six months maybe or what have you. It's a commercial for the game Rocket League, and it's like a children's soccer team. And the, the goalie, the, the girl who's in goal, She's like, uh, she, she's sitting there. She's like, take the shot, take the shot. Come on, take the shot. And the, the kid kicks the ball and it goes past her and a car drives in and stops the ball behind it. But I always kind of, that resonates with me a little bit, kind of like, you know, as a goalie, you have to be a little cocky, like, come on, bring it, bring it. I'm going to stop whatever you, you, you put my way and that doesn't always work out obviously sometimes you get burned on that but that has to be the mentality that you have like you're gonna stop anything so bring it give me give me your best shot and and you know i I think that's that's part of it what you're saying kind of standing tall and being kind of assertive and and strong and proud that's even if it's unfounded, even if you've given up, you know, five goals, you have to still, it gets a lot harder at that point, but you still have to kind of, you know, it's a point of personal pride to, you know, every goal you give up is, is in some way a betrayal to your team. And I know how you're going to, you're, you're going to feel about me saying that, but that's the mentality. So there is that associated pride with not wanting to give up another goal, you know, to, 
Kind of the uh, the line uh, from Star Trek First Contact with Picard. This far, no father. Perfect. <laughs> the line must be drawn here. So that's it. That's what you're doing as a goalie after every goal. You're you're trying to draw that line and say that was the last one. No more. I I from henceforth I will be invincible. And sometimes you are, and oftentimes you are not. But that doesn't mean you stop thinking that way. I mean, I I come into spring training every year thinking the Mets are going to win the World Series that year. They don't, but that doesn't stop me from thinking it. Hey, it worked twice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so for all you goalies out there, this is a great article, and we can post a link to it if you haven't read about it. But uh, hopefully it can help you and build confidence and keep going and get better. Yeah. So you just try try to avoid – bad sportsmanship i i fell prey a little bit to that i think this past weekend after my second uh just soul crushing game and i apologize to anybody who who felt like i was being a bad sport and, and felt slighted or or you know bothered by my behavior it's not if if i wind up in a foul mood after a game you know or banging stuff around or yelling it's not because i'm mad at you uh, you know, I'm not mad at my teammates. I'm not mad at the other team. I'm only mad at myself. So I, I apologize to anyone. And I would ask uh, that you, in the likely event that you, the listener, are not one of my teammates, I would ask you to try and lend your goalie the same consideration. Not not to, you know, not to encourage such behavior, but to to try and understand the mindset. That's all. Yeah, like uh, Mike, one of our original guests of the podcast a couple of years ago said too, that exactly, that's that's the mindset of a goalie. And also, you win as a team, you lose as a team. So maybe my opinion is a little skewed here because I'm a fellow defensive player as the American Rhino. So I take it personally, If quite frankly, if a shot on goal means that I didn't do my job as a defenseman, you want to make sure that you don't give up any shots at all. But, of course, that's impossible. So as a decent defenseman, you want to at least funnel the shot to come where your goalie has a best shot to save it. And sometimes that doesn't work out. and It's very frustrating. So when, when we get scored upon, of course, the American Rhino will never admit it that he takes it full responsibility for it. But I admit uh, that. I, I, of course, I take full responsibility for that. I've said as much on the podcast. No, I, what, I'm, what I mean is that uh, you, you unfairly, that's what I'm trying to say, you unfairly take full responsibility of it when indeed it was my fault or somebody else's fault or whatever the case is. But exactly, you, you win as a team, you lose as a team. And anybody who's competing in anything, you don't want to lose. That's the whole point of playing. You want to win, right? So, well, uh, it, yeah, yeah, it, look, it gets kind of... Intellectually, I can recognize that you're right. You do win and lose as a team. But emotionally, I can tell you that when you're on the, you know, the losing side of that score sheet at the end of the game as a goalie, that handshake line, that walk is awful lonely. <laughs> that, that's, that's all I'm going to, you know, that's what I'm going to leave on. Fair enough. But, uh, you know, speaking of, of acting as a team, however, the uh, next topic that we're going to cover is uh, a, a bit more uplifting. And uh, I think it's a good reminder that there are things in life that are a lot more important than deck hockey. And, you know, a, a, a bad day, 
on the deck is better than you know the your worst day on the deck is better than the you know one particular day for for the gentleman that we're going to talk about next yeah exactly american rhino uh, a gentleman by the name of saeed akjor and i apologize for butchering that name if i did but he emigrated from morocco to quebec city about a decade ago and he started playing ball hockey and had a lot to learn about it like how to ignore his soccer reflexes and use a stick instead of his feet to move a ball around. Although I will say we've played with some soccer players and those moving the puck with your feet skills can come in very handy. Amen to that, especially for any defensive player out there, any deck player, you do need to have some soccer skills because it will help you out and it will help out your teammates as well. As long as you're not trying to kick the puck into the net, then you're, you're gold. Right. So for example, if you're trying to clear that puck and it's bouncing all over the place, you got your stick and you got your feet and definitely use them. So that that's cool, too. But anyway, Mr. Akjor, and again, I apologize for mispronouncing his name, but he felt like joining in uh, made it playing deck hockey, made him 100 percent integrated into Quebec because up north in Canada, it's all about hockey. And they embraced him with open arms and it was wonderful. A little did he know that deck hockey would kind of help him to get back on his feet literally in more ways than one. Yeah, so what happened was he was praying at his mosque one day and somebody came in, uh, no, not to bring the tone down too much, but this is what happened. Somebody came in and started shooting up the mosque and he he was hiding, Saeed was hiding in kind of, uh, not hiding, but you know he was trying to kind of keep himself as far away from the shooter as possible in kind of an alcove with some other people. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to get himself completely out of the line of sight, and he got shot in the shoulder. And, uh, you know, uh, other people weren't so lucky. He said it was incredibly scary. The gunman didn't stop shooting until he ran out of ammunition. And, you know, he was he kept expecting the bullet to, to you know, come right through his skull and end his life. But fortunately, that didn't happen. And he was able to go into the hospital and, and rehab himself for a while. And so after months of rehab, he wound up coming back to his ball hockey team. And I guess in his mind, it's just, OK, well, now I'm I'm healthy enough to to go back to what i was doing before i'm you know i'm gonna try and you know go back to my normal routine and and just kind of carry on with my life and what he did not expect is when he stepped out onto the floor for uh, or onto the deck for for his first game back his teammates gave him a hero's welcome you know they banged their stick on the on the deck and and treated him like like a hero for going through that and coming out on the other side and and coming back to the team, you know, after uh, after everything he went through, so that kind of turned him around and helped him feel more at home in in Quebec where he lived. You know, he before that he he always felt like a little bit of an outsider, but that one kind of uh, that that one moment, that one act by his teammates made him feel like he really did belong there. 
Yeah, exactly. And that really shows you one of the many ways that deck hockey is so inclusive and fun. Again, we've said this many times that you don't even have to know how to skate to play deck hockey. And it doesn't matter race, religion, creed, whatever, uh, gender. It doesn't matter. You don't even have to be good. You know, if you want to show up and have some fun, we'll welcome you in with open arms. And that that's really wonderful. And you don't expect to hear something like that. Now, forgive my ignorance on this, but, you know, you always hear good things about Canada and how safe it is and and how polite everybody is and things of that nature. So you're kind of caught off guard when you hear something horrible like this. And mm-hmm. this is something that, that happened over a year ago, and it just so happened to correlate with the horrible tragedies down in Florida on um, Ash Wednesday and and, uh, and Valentine's Day this year. But, you know, just it, it, you need something to, to get you back out there. And, you know, as Gary said, uh, sometimes we take sports a little bit too seriously, but in a case like this, it's something that can really help you get back with your life, like the importance of Major League Baseball. And I'm sure I'm speaking for Gary on this aspect too. At the time when September 11th happened, 2001, the last thing we thought about was sports or anything like that. But when the New York Mets came back and played the Atlanta Braves on the 21st, you know, 11 days after or 10 days after the that horrible nightmare, mm-hmm. and Mike Piazza hit that home run, it just really showed you how just for a brief time, and, and again, the, the footage, if you, you got to watch it if you haven't seen it before, but seeing firemen and policemen and John Franco, for example, lost so many friends because he has uh, connections with uh, the police and fire from his uh, sanitation connections and things of that nature. But just for a brief time to, to have something to cheer for and, and live for and participate in is wonderful. And deck hockey is, is that. And Mr. Actor is, uh, again, for, uh, forgive me for mispronouncing his name if I am, but it's just a wonderful example that you can, if you survive something tragic or horrible, that there are good people in this world and they're good friends and that's when you need them the most is going through traumatizing times like that. And so just really God bless all the, all the people that uh, help each other and, and try and make this world a better place. And one of the venues of that is deck hockey. So it's not just a game. It's not just a lot of fun in certain aspects. It's something that could be a little bit more. And, and I think this is an excellent example of that. And thank you for uh, bringing us through that incredibly inspiring story. American Rhino. Yeah, and just, I know this is a, a sidebar, but just since you brought it up, regarding that, that home run that Mike Piazza hit on September 21st, 2001, so the singer slash songwriter Terry Cashman, who is most famous for talking baseball, you know, Willie Mickey and the Duke, he is a Mets fan, and he was so moved by that night, he wrote a song called uh, Michael's Song, or a tattered flag in the breeze, I think is what it's called. And Michael's song is the subheading, but um, that's, that's kind of all about that, that moment and the emotion and what it meant. And if, if you're a baseball fan or, you know, particularly a Mets fan, I encourage you to look that up because it's, it's a really powerful song. And I, I, I don't always listen to it, but I always think about it every year around the time of 9-11. And it's it really it, it, it as the kids would say, it gets you right in the feels. It's something, you know, that just it, it's great. It, it encapsulates what that that moment meant. It, it, it just captures the meaning so well. And it, it's a very powerful song. So that's a uh, tattered flag in the breeze by Terry Cashman. So, yeah, check that out. And that's. <laughs> I'm done with the commercial. No, thank you, sir. It, it, especially 
in certain times, if you think that the world is coming to an end or you're going through a rough patch, it's good to, and nothing does it better than music too, besides sports, I think, to uh, get you back up on your feet and, and get pumped up. And speaking of coming back after, you know, giving up a goal or something like that, or whatever you have to come back from, sports and, and music are definitely great ways to do that. And obviously friends and family. Agreed. So, yeah. But another great thing about deck hockey that uh, they're doing up in Canada, the Niagara side, uh, the Canadian side of Niagara, I should say, is uh, coming up on Saturday, March 24th, is a very important tournament that uh, if you happen to be in the area, you know, participate in because it's going to be worth your while. It's uh, something called the Play for Memories tournament, and it is to support the Alzheimer's Society of Niagara. Of course, again, this is on the Ontario side, and it will be held at the BallHockey.com Athletic Center. I mean, how awesome is that, that there's actually a BallHockey.com sponsored place to play? So we, we got to get our butts up there to uh, Niagara, huh, American Rhino? Yeah, well, uh, sure. <laughs> Look, I... <laughs> I'm all for any excuse to play deck hockey or ball hockey or whatever, but this is this is sponsored by the Brock Leaders Citizenship Society, and it's one of many things that they do to raise money on behalf of Alzheimer's research. So that's uh, what basically what happens is every team that plays is required to field at least six players with a goalie, and it's $25 per person. So, you know, that's uh, $150, $175 per team. So, you know, I'm sure it, it not only contributes to the level of competition, it's also it contributes to the fundraising, which is really the goal, no pun intended, of all this. So it's a great cause, and... Fortunately, you know, over the years, they've been able to raise over $47,000 for Alzheimer's research doing this. So, you know, it's uh, it's one of those cases where playing deck hockey is not only fun, it's contributing to a great cause. So, you know, we applaud the BLCS for hosting this tournament. And if you are in the area or if you would like to go to the area and you would like to participate, then you can check out their Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash BLCS play for memories. We'll link it on our page, or you can just check them out on Twitter at play for memories. And, you know, you can register at ballhockey.com slash play for memories. And you can go and you can play some hockey and you can have a great time and in a tournament you can you can play in a tournament and maybe win, you know, uh, drink from the cup of glory. But uh, regardless, in the big picture, everyone's winning because you are contributing to a great cause. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. Okay, so that will do it for another episode. Episode 90, which, again, I don't know. I just, oh, boy, I need some sleep. <laughs> Another episode of Hit the Deck has come and gone. So thank you, Pops, for being the voice of the podcast. Thank you to Anthony Sejazi for music used in the podcast, the LIQ for sound effects used in this podcast, and, of course, you for listening to the podcast. If there were no you, there would be no us, at least not in this capacity. So we sincerely appreciate you and your patronage of this podcast. And, again, we encourage you to spread the word about Hit the Deck. Tell your friends. Tell one friend or teammate 
I mean, you can tell more than that. It's not like it's a secret you get to tell one person. But uh, no, no, please. Please, we we would very deeply appreciate it if you would commit to telling at least one person about the podcast. And if you really want to help us out, go to iTunes and rate us. Uh, give us whatever rating you think is fair. And, uh, you know, give a, a, a brief description of, of, of why, you know, why you think the podcast is worth listening to. We would sincerely appreciate it. It would help us out very much. And while you're doing things to help out the podcast, help yourself. Consider subscribing so you don't have to go looking around for it every week. Just just subscribe to it on Apple Podcast or Stitcher or the Podbean app or uh, really anywhere you get your podcasts. And it will be right there every week for your oral consumption. And while you're doing that, also consider subscribing to our YouTube page. Subscribe to everything. Everything. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You'll get a subscription. You'll get a subscription. Everybody gets a subscription to hit the deck. And uh, that will make for some fun times indeed. If you would like to contact us, if you'd like to say, Gary, what exactly are you taking and where can I get some? If you'd like to do that or if you'd like to open a dialogue about really just about anything, please email us at hit the deck, D-E-K, deck hockey deck, hit the deck at gmail.com or we are at hit the deck pod on Twitter and uh, we're hit the deck on Facebook and YouTube and uh, Instagram. So just go check us out and you will, you know, be able to talk to us and we can all share in the communal goodness that is deck hockey. James, is there anything that I've neglected to mention? No, excellent job. And I just want to just reiterate too, as you were saying before, if you're interested in the Flora Broly Play for Memories tournament up in Niagara, which will be held on March 24th, there is still time to register. And if you can't make it up there, we'll have links for uh, the Alzheimer's Society of Niagara, where you can just contribute to that cause financially as well. So, and again, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, James. And of course, I will thank you to remember that whether you are a frustrated goalie or whether you are a guy or gal just trying to recover from a bad time, whether you are out there, you know, celebrating the, the highest of highs or suffering the lowest of lows, regardless of what you are doing, I would urge you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Now, you know, I just scratch everything I just said, please.